Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Dead Letter, Chapter 27 Parking is a challenge in university towns. Julia maneuvered her Jaguar into a tight spot between two economy cars, only a few paces from a triplex apartment building, the location of their early morning rendezvous. It was 7.30 a.m. They had checked out early from their modest three-star hotel accommodations. Nothing else had been available. Upon arrival the evening before, they had separated and isolated themselves in their rooms. Julia had not re-emerged until the next morning. Although not exhausted, she was tired. As she prepared herself for bed, Julia had programmed her tablet to play the many recorded versions of the song Green Sleeves. She hadn't truly listened to the traditional English folk song in years. Her curiosity had been ignited by a comment Wade made earlier in the day about the persistent belief that the classic tune was composed by Henry VIII for his lover and future queen consort, Anne Boleyn, Elizabeth's doomed mother. Boleyn allegedly rejected King Henry's attempts to seduce her, and this rejection may be referred to in the sentimental ballad when the writer's love cast me off discourteously. Wade, a Rhodes Scholar, was happy to be back at Oxford and had decided to take an evening stroll around the oldest university in the English-speaking world and the world's second oldest school of higher learning in continuous operation. The university, founded at the turn of the first millennium, was made up of a variety of self-governing institutions, including 38 constituent colleges. Being a city university, it did not have a main campus. Instead, its buildings and facilities were scattered throughout the city center. Unlike American universities, most undergraduate teaching at Oxford was organized around weekly tutorials at the colleges and halls, supported by classes, lectures, and laboratory work provided by university faculties and departments. As Wade walked down to the Thames River, he recalled the rowing opportunities it had offered him and his fellow students. His time at Oxford had been well spent, he reminisced with a quiet smile, very well spent. Back in his hotel room, Wade had done some work, including several instructional missives sent to his assistant, Jenny, back home. He was exhausted, probably from the jet lag, and had decided to get an early night. Although extreme fatigue had exiled him to bed, his mind had turned from this to that, including the recollection of his instructions for Julia to avail herself of room service for breakfast. The rising sun slowly warmed the narrow street. Wade and Julia stood on the sidewalk looking up at a gray stoned edifice. Rajiv had not been able to trace the caller's number or device location, suggesting the mysterious man was probably using a burner phone. The caller had not given Wade the exact address for their meeting. Instead, he had told Wade to drive onto a specific area and wait for more details via text five minutes before their scheduled meeting time. Wade received the precise address at the appointed time, requiring Julia to simply advance her car a few blocks and park next to the building they now stood in front of. 
Upon entering the atrium, Wade read the apartment numbers posted on the wall behind a glass enclosure. The number that had been given him indicated the top floor, the third floor. Not seeing an elevator, they climbed the steps and headed towards the summit flat. During the ascent, Wade placed his finger to his lips to signal Julia that their approach should be done quietly. His antennae were up and on full alert. Arriving at the apartment's entrance door, Wade knocked. Nothing. As he struck the door a second time, with more force, it creaked ever so slightly open. Odd. He placed the palm of his hand on the door and gently pushed. He felt the door yield under his touch. Hello? Hello? My name is David Wade. I am expected. Hello? No response. Wade used his hand and eyes to tell Julia to stay close to the entrance while he moved ahead. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you enjoyed the listen. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text history that's H I S T O R Y using the code 30605.